This is the Coalition of Christ-Exalting Churches, a network of churches in Northern California that are working together to advance the gospel by strengthening one another and planting new churches. Go to coalitioncec.org to find out more information about how you can help. to the podcast. My name is Jess Arns, of course, and then this is my dad, Tony Arns. Say hello, dad. Hello, dad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, okay, w- welcome back to the podcast. We're uh, excited today to continue talking about the Coalition of Christ's Exalting Churches and exactly uh, what it is that we're trying to accomplish here, right? And so we want to talk today a little bit about the purpose of the Coalition. Why are, why are we doing this? Um, and of course, you know, on our website, it says strengthen, revitalize and plant. And uh, it re- we really got to that slogan kind of backwards. Um, I think the, the first the first thought was um, that we needed to be about planting churches. Right. And that you were driving around Folsom and Sacramento and and uh, and you just saw the need that uh, there's some great churches over there. But there's huge areas where there aren't solid churches. Yes, right. Yes. Huge gaps, yeah, and large populations, and no, no churches to serve them. Yeah, yeah. So you were, um, you of course, you were on a sabbatical over there, and uh, for for a year, when you started to realize this, right, and you were actually living in Folsom, where you're mm-hmm. currently uh, in the process of planting a church, um, which is fun. Um, but why don't we talk a little bit? Um, so you know, we were talking about the need for planting churches and. And of course, you and I started talking more and more, and we realized that if if churches are to work together to plant churches, they kind of need to trust each other. And then we realized that all these these solid churches out there, a lot of them are doing work, doing great work mm-hmm. on their own. And um, and as you talk to a lot of these pastors, you begin to realize that uh, a lot of them are really tired, really beleaguered. Um, they've been through a lot. Uh, especially these, these pastors of these little churches where they're the only guy or maybe they're bivocational. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we just, our heart grew to, to want to strengthen them because what happens is a lot of these guys, they, they get discouraged and they end up leaving the ministry. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the, they get, they get discouraged and they end up leaving the ministry, right? Yes. Um, and so, uh, you know, and then, and then it's kind of hard to find guys to replace uh, those solid pastors, right? Yeah. Guys who are willing to make the sacrifice, who know the area. Um, mm. And so we're just seeing that the, the need to strengthen mm. solid churches. And of course, um, beyond that, uh, it's there's a lot of churches out there, um, but we are very specific in the kinds of churches that we want to plant and work with. And that's what we would call Christ-exalting churches, right? Churches that are focused on the exaltation of Christ as the primary purpose of their ministry and of course that involves expository preaching for the most part mm-hmm. um, the five solas of the reformation mm-hmm. um, the sufficiency of scripture and counseling those are some major distinctives that we those are the types of churches that we want to work with mm-hmm. and um, when we talk about the, about the sufficiency of scripture of course we're talking about for salvation and sanctification that mm-hmm. the knowledge that you gain through scripture is sufficient 
to uh, to sanctify anyone, to help them to grow into Christ's likeness, to mm-hmm. be able to please God with their life, and that's at odds with psychology and integrationist counseling and stuff yes. like that. So we want that's that's essentially what we're doing. We're getting these churches together to strengthen them, strengthen pastors, strengthen churches, mm-hmm. with the end goal that we, as they are strengthened, they're also building a trust where they work together to revitalize churches uh, or be able to send solid pastors out to these little churches that need uh, a good shepherd um, and then also to plant other like-minded churches so anyway so that's what we're doing um, to just um, focus on that first part though to strengthen uh, other churches I wanted to hear a little bit of your story dad about um, because because this you had a very personal experience with how someone else outside of your church was a major encouragement to you. And that's mm-hmm. a major reason why you even continued in the ministry. Yeah. Um, and so you want to just kind of relay a little bit. So you, you graduated the Master's Seminary in 2001, One. 2001. Mm-hmm. And then why don't you just pick it up from there? And, and then we went to a little church, rural church in Northern California, um, in a very isolated valley in a very beautiful part of the state and so that was our first ministry and you're fresh out of seminary and you're a long way from like-minded people and your your burden is uh, to be faithful to God because you've been taught at the master seminary and so you you have these tools and they they instill their uh, well the the burden to be faithful and so you come with that burden and the and the churches or the church that I went to I had some wonderful people and still do, um, but not everybody's of that mindset. Either they're ignorant, I, you know, they haven't come there to that level yet, or they're just not interested and in everything in between. And so very soon into our ministry there, actually within two weeks, we had our first board meeting, and the the dominant elders said that I was a false teacher. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks in, two weeks into the project, right? And come to find out, he was really the only one who was against us going there, but he never made it known. Okay, so you have those kind of undercurrents. In, in so he was against it from the beginning. Yes, just never verbalized it. Huh? Yeah, um, he just saw that everybody else liked us and wanted us to come there in the congregation, including the, the leadership. So he kept his mouth shut. Um, but then the first chance he got, which two weeks into our, I, I, I still had boxes that were unpacked, right? And you go to your first board meeting and he, he stood up right out of the, right out of the chute and said, uh, this man's a false teacher. And wow. uh, I don't remember exactly why he said that, you know, um, I don't, I can't remember what I taught on before. I, I don't remember. I'm sure he was wrong, though. But I think if I remember it correctly, yeah. it was on the doctrine of election, and then they had asked you to teach on women's roles oh, prior yes, yes. before you even came on. Yes. They'd asked you to teach on that. They asked you, so and you're very honest about your position yes. in a very good way. You know, I was there when you taught it. Really? Yeah, I remember. And then those were the main. Those were the issues that I remember that he brought up. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so that was part of my false <laughs> teaching, right? So all that to say, though, in in you know so many years after that, now and going to a lot of uh, brothers who have been in ministry a long time, that's not 
abnormal, mm. right? So a lot of guys going into those situations experience very similar, right? There'll be power, power agents or power families in these little rural churches that don't want to relinquish their power and, and you're ignorant of it. You're just green as grass and you show up there and you just want to be faithful to the text. That's how you're trained, man. You just want to be faithful and you're so burdened with that and you want to love the people that God, so you're very vulnerable, mm. right? As I think you should be because you realize you're not perfect so therefore you know there's chinks in your armor. So you're very vulnerable to people's accusation or you know, uh, people's uh if they don't like how you're preaching because yeah. you, you haven't you haven't established that confidence yes from the experience yes yes yeah. yes exactly you're because of the lack of experience you're very you lack confidence mm -hmm. right and uh and when you only hear from those who are disgruntled yeah. you know the squeaky wheel the loudest i mean I heard nothing but complaints and they just hated what I taught and how I taught. And so after a while, you begin to doubt, what am I doing here? What, what were the kind of complaints? Um, you, uh, you preach too long, which could be true. <laughs> you preach uh, the same thing over and over, but you're just actually going from paragraph to paragraph. So in reality, the Holy Spirit must be hammering a point, not me. <laughs> um, you are too dogmatic. You're too strict. You're too harsh. You're too. You're too Bible. They accuse me. Uh, I use too many verses. You know, just just anything they could say. Um, you weren't loving. But in, in a lot of those things, I mean, if you just take them, if you're honest, it's probably true. I know it's true. I'm not loving enough. That's a fact. I know that. So, but when they throw that at you, and you're you're just trying so hard, right? That that just mashes you, just mashes you, and it becomes no fun. It really does. It just, and that's where you really lean back on your calling. And uh, and a couple, two times in the early first four years there, I I uh, I twice I took out a piece of paper to write my um, resignation. Because it was just, nobody's growing, according to them. Nobody likes you, and nobody likes what you're doing. So then my question was, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And Lord, did I miss something? You know? Um, if this is true, it, did I, you know, why, why, did I miss something? You know? Because I could go back to Cowboy and, and get along real good, you know? Um, but each time, in God's providence, he would have somebody call me and just say, Pastor, I just want you to know that I, gr I, I, I greatly appreciate you and what you're doing. And I've grown more in the last three years than I have for the 20 previous years. Right? One lady in particular who is not a big fan of mine said that, which just I just took it from God. Right? And it put, it put wind in my sails. Which comes to the coalition aspect because in the midst of all that upheaval and that battle and frustration and lack of confidence and stuff, um, Steve Fernandez, who I met through the Grace School of Theology in Santa Rosa, um, took me under his wing. 
and uh, he would call me, and he would drive from Vallejo to Santa Rosa, and I would go, because that was halfway, and we'd go to a restaurant of his choosing. It's all his initiation. And he would do it just to see how I was doing. He didn't go there to shop. He didn't go there to Santa Rosa for any other reason. And it's an hour and a half drive, right? And he's a busy guy. And he would put so much interest on where I, where I was, how, how are you doing, you know, how are you, how are you uh, thinking through this, you know, and how should you go forward? And he just, he just instilled confidence in me. He, when I left there, it was like wind in a sail. I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof, you know, and uh, that is what God used to keep us there, right? In fact, the last time I remember meeting with Fernandez, um, I was telling him, these elders now are asking for my sermons before I preach them so that they can correct them. (laughs) And Fernandez just almost went ballistic. <laughs> He's foaming at the mouth, and everybody loves Fernandez, knows what I'm talking about. He was so, uh, he was so zealous, and he gets on the edge of his chair, and I'm sitting across the table from him, and he goes, no, no, you preach the gospel, you keep preaching the gospel, and you go back and tell them they're going to have to pry your cold, dead fingers off the door of that church before you're going anywhere, right? And uh, I took that and went to a board meeting that night, <laughs> full of Fernandez enthusiasm, right? And I pulled a, like the Alamo, right? Colonel Travis supposedly took his saber and drew a line in the sand and said, if you're Fermi, come on this side. If you're not, stay on that side. So I went and pulled a Travis on him <laughs> at the board meeting. And uh, I and th- and then I said I quoted Fernandez, uh, "You're gonna have to pry my cold dead fingers off the door of this church before I'm going anywhere." Right? And the eyes of those two elders in particular got about I, I'll never forget it got about this big, and I could see in their faces like he's not he, this is we're we're done right? because I'm not going anywhere. Right? And all of that just was so much of a blessing. Fernandez and George Fox both. George Fox would come up and do conferences for us. He would preach for us. Um, And he only did it to encourage me and to try to put those two elders in their place and to show the congregation that outside people are for their pastor. Mm. It was amazing. That's all the reason he went up there, right? And he went up there numerous times for years. and so God used that to win people, to protect people from error, because those two elders in particular were, they were false teachers, you know, they were. Um, and so just being, experiencing that and the impact of encouragement, I've, I've never needed encouragement before that time, just the way I was, so arrogant, I didn't need it. But God put me in, a, in places to where I was at the bottom and I experienced the, the sensation, it's, 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 it's subjective, right? The wind in the sail that just lifted me up and uh, allowed me to carry on. And so that experience is part of this coalition initiation, right? Is I wanted to do that for pastors out here, out in the fringe, you know? 
not to not to the neglect of others because most churches the bigger churches they have guys around them usually right um they have an elder board <laughs> that has you know numerous elders and they can discuss these things but these little churches out here they're solo right and uh i, I really wanted that that I really wanted the coalition to reach out to those guys, right? Not to the neglect of others, but I really thought that that was needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's really huge, and I think a, a really key principle of this of this coalition is it's not top down. It's not mm. it's not you and me running the show. Amen. It's not uh, a board telling everybody else what to do. Um, it's it's gathering like minded pastors, letting them know who who they are, right? It's, yeah, like. There's a lot. If you look at our map on the on the website, you see all these churches, and you're like, I would never have known that those were there. Yeah. Solid guys out there, and there's others out there that we haven't identified yet Amen. that uh, we'll con- continue to update. But I think um, the strength of the coalition is the strength of of like-minded mm. pastors and like-minded churches actually caring about each other. Yeah. You know, being yes. aware of each other's existence, yeah. caring about each other's ministry, yes. praying for each other. Mm. And that's really what we want to do because we see, you know, the result here is how many how many pastors like that? Because I've heard other stories where Steve Fernandez yes, yes. did that for other pastors. Yes, I, there's yes. a couple in Santa Rosa that I've heard the same thing. Yes, and I know those aren't the only instances. Yes, um, and how how important that is, and how many of those situations are like that? Yeah, where these churches would be without solid pastors Amen. were it not for another brother yeah. taking some time out of their busy schedule yes. to care. Yes. So that's really that's really going to be the foundation mm. of this coalition. You yeah. know, if nothing else happens, right. You know, if we don't plant a single church, yes. but we we strengthen one another cuz things are going to be hard. Yeah. You know, um, every single church that we've talked to mm. has lost multiple families yes. Uh, yes. to moving out of state mm. uh, during this this exodus in California. That's right. So that also illustrates why our main focus is here. In, our, our focus is Northern California. Yes, yes, yes. Because, you know, there's international missions, there's there's national church yes. planting organizations, yes. but those aren't those lack the relational component that Amen. that I think is really needed Amen. in this in this area. Yeah. And, and as we did some demographic work right yeah. in, in a year ago or so, we we found out from data that there's, you know, over 11 million people from San Jose over to Sacramento on up north, up, up towards Reading and such, over 11 million people, people, and it's said that there's over 100 language groups. Well, that's a foreign missions. That's I mean, crazy. it's amazing, right? Right here yeah. within an hour or two of anywhere you live in this region, you're, you're around numerous ethnic, different ethnic ethnicities yeah someone was telling me i think it was ron prosize uh wasn't he saying that there's more language groups in sacramento in the sacramento greater area yes yes. than any other it's the most diverse city in the in the states in the states right yeah maybe maybe even the world it's pretty close wow there's so many different language groups. fascinating yeah and so each one of those right is is I know there's works within there, yeah. right? But I would, I would like personally, you know, if the coalition would be able to minister in every one of those, you yeah. know, different ethnicities. Yeah. You know, I just think that would be so great. Yeah, amen. One church. Yeah, you know, amen. Well, uh, thanks for sharing some of your story there, pops. And uh, that's uh, that's about all we have time for today. 
But uh, in coming weeks, we really we're going to be interviewing different pastors Crazy, huh? um, around um, the Northern California region uh, and hearing some of their story uh, of of what's going on in their neck of the woods and mm-hmm. some of the lessons they've learned. And so I'm super excited about that. Can't wait to share that with uh, with the rest of you. And uh, so with that, um, see you next time. Amen. All right. Thank you. <laughs>